When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. On the Coyote Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is the Yotecast, the official podcast of the University of South Dakota Athletics, taking you inside the stories of Coyote athletes, coaches, administrators, and more. Now, here's your host, John Thayer. It's another edition of Yotecast, and I hope that this episode finds you healthy and finds you well as we continue to manage through this uh, pandemic that has uh, delayed so much uh, in our lives, some of it sports, some of it jobs, some of it other things, but I think if we all keep powering through, we'll, uh, you know, we'll have the opportunity, we'll get through it, we'll get through it, and we'll do it all together. This week on Yotecast, our conversations are with Cleet McLeod. He is the head strength and conditioning coach at the University of South Dakota. We'll also be joined by the head volleyball coach at USD, Leanne Williamson. And we start this week, as we always do, with the athletic director at USD, David Herbster. David, glad to chat with you as always. You know, we're just about a month away from the official start date of basketball. Of course, the new start date after it was uh, pushed back a little bit. I know we're still awaiting schedules, but as a former basketball player, do you get excited this time of year knowing that that college basketball is fast approaching? You know, you really do. Um, I miss it. Um, I think anyone who's played in the past, you know, you go back and, you know, you're really 
you think about how hard the practices were, and as you're going through those practices, you always, you know, is this thing ever going to get over? Is he ever going to stop yelling at me? But, you know, it's, it's when you're done, that's really when you miss it. Um, it's just that time when things start to gear up again. And, and you know, for us, if this was a traditional year, um, we'd be looking at, you know, we'd still be playing football and soccer and, and volleyball and cross country still going. And, and you know, it, it seems much more, um, you know, you just kind of slide right into it, right? And that level of enthusiasm is, is and that energy is still so high. But now this year, we're really – basketball is going to start us off. And I think that anticipation for actually having competition in games is even that much higher. Um, you know, I, I remember when I first, um, oh gosh, it was, it was my first couple of weeks on campus in college and the sports illustrated, uh, or the street and Smith news, whatever it was, the, their basketball preview issue came about. And that's when you really got excited. Cause that's when you knew it was really, it was real. And I remember reading about the, their take on, Virginia, Virginia Tech and what the outlook was for the season. And um, I think one of the comments that really I thought to myself, what, what did I get myself into? I, because I still remember to this day the comment was with what is considered one of the toughest uh, conditioning programs in the country, Virginia Tech will be ready for the season. And I thought to myself, what? They didn't tell me that in the, in the, in the recruiting process one of the toughest conditioning programs in the country. You're like, Oh, what did I get myself into? But what, what, what our players now have been through and what you go through, I don't care if it was, we'll say 20 years ago. How's that? Um, that level of anticipation, the grind, the competition, the camaraderie, the teamwork, and then you, you pull all that together and you, and it's, it's, it's game time. You get to throw the ball up, tip it, and you get to, you get to go at it. Uh, that, that competition, that sense when you're done of just being completely and totally exhausted is oddly enough, something that you miss. So as we get into the season and you realize what's about to happen, yeah, the energy level get goes up. You sit, go out and watch practice a little bit and you know, the energy level goes up, you know, a couple more notches because, Hey, we're into our routine now. It's real. And I think, um, as I look at where, um, we are right now, I, I, I so wish that they could appreciate maybe the grind right now uh, of what they're going through uh, because it doesn't take long to be out of it, to miss it, and to want it back. Yeah, certainly. And we've seen that obviously here over this uh, pandemic, which, you know, it made me wonder. You're, we're talking about you as a, a former uh, basketball player and student athlete. Do you think that time being a form, your time spent being an athlete at the, this level, at the very high level, has that helped you better understand uh, maybe what the athletes are going through through this pandemic, through the starts and the stops and the time away and uh, just the uncertainty of things going on? You know, John, I think the only thing I can equate it to, it was in between my, oh, a couple of different, in between my sophomore and junior year, and then, and then in between my junior and senior year, I had, had, had a dislocated shoulder in between my sophomore and my junior year, then played most of my junior year with a shoulder popping in and out. And then, so you're a little bit sidelined during that time period. Can I play? Can I not play? What's going to happen? I don't know. Will it hold? But then I get in between my junior and senior year, in between the surgery, really, I was inactive for six months. And just that time away is, it's tough. It's tough from a sense of having to watch from the sidelines with our athletes right now. In some cases, they weren't practicing at all you know, am I or am I not going to have a season? Um, that level of 
uncertainty, that apprehension is 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 something that while what I might have gone through isn't the same of what they're seeing right now, but I certainly understand the level of uneasiness and, and uh, that it, it, that it puts you in that it's not easy. Uh, you define yourself as a, you know, we're, st- we're student athletes, right? And, but they, more of their identity is placed into their sport in, in a lot of cases. And when you can't do that, uh, that's when you really have to lean on your teammates, but it's, it's not easy. I think with all of us, there's probably been certain aspects of our life that's been taken away and you don't know when you're going to get it back. And that's not a comfortable place to be. Um, so I, yes, to, to your point, I absolutely kind of, I can relate to it though times are different, but I can certainly see how the uncertainty um, is really not very comfortable. And I, you know, we always say in order to get comfortable, you have to get uncomfortable, um, which I, which I agree with, but at this point in time, it's like we're running, we're running a race that we don't know where the finish line is. And I think that's one of the biggest struggles uh, that I, that I would feel that I would encounter that I think I've heard from a lot of our athletes. They, just don't know what's going to happen. You know, earlier you mentioned strength and conditioning in your time at Virginia Tech, and you just talked about an injury. And one of our guests on this week's podcast is uh, Cleet McLeod, who, of course, the head athletic trainer, or excuse me, head uh, strength and conditioning coach at USD. And uh, it made me think about athletic trainers and, of course, Cleet and his staff in strength and conditioning. Boy, those folks, they are the behind-the-scenes, if you will, uh, people going dealing with these athletes. And I know that their lives have obviously changed during this pandemic and their schedules, and they've had to make adjustments on the fly, something that I know doesn't go unnoticed, but probably something that uh, just on the forefront probably doesn't get noticed enough. No, you are absolutely right. You know, I think about Bruce... Fishbach and our train our athletic trainers and our training and staff and how they've had to, you know, think outside the box and do everything differently. Right. It's, you know, how do you, you know, you know, from a social distancing standpoint, I mean, they're frontline on our, our COVID measures. Um, I, you know, the hours that you end up putting in yet at the same time, also being in some cases shelved a little bit, depending on what, who can, who can practice, who can, um, you know, who's, you know, some some weren't practicing, some were practicing, their schedules are all up in there. We, they're, they're helping us on a daily basis, uh, put all of our student athletes through the, the protocols. And then I think of Cleet and his staff, you know, you've got three full-time strength and conditioning coaches for 440 uh, student athletes, 18 teams. And they've been putting in an incredible amount of work. And think about it, because as we, you're in the weight room, you're, you're trying to social distance in a weight room. I mean, I can, I think we might've talked about it earlier. I mean, as good as it was to see the student athletes back in the weight room, it also brought it back to rea- back to reality when they're in, when there are student athletes are in there lifting in masks. And so we've had to totally kind of rearrange the way we do lifting. It's, you know, the, the, their days are probably a little bit longer right now, but I'm telling you without our strength and conditioning staff and without our athletic training staff and them doing what they're doing, we're not practicing and we're not playing right now. We really aren't. Uh, they've been the backbone of all this and, and ensuring things are get done. And, and with no record, I mean, no public recognition, no, you know, they don't, people don't know what they go through, uh, the amount of time that they put in and really the amount of effort that it's taken to, well, you know, to, to totally redo what you do in order to fit our, 
the, the times right now, the COVID times. So, um, you know, thank a trainer, thank a strength coach, because uh, without them, none of this is possible. Yeah, it takes a lot to get through all of this, no doubt. It takes a lot of people to uh, get through a successful season and championship season uh, as well. And speaking of those seasons, I know we keep talking about schedules and hoping to see some of those soon for all sports with winter sports and, and, and sports move to the spring. Has it proved to be uh, maybe extra challenging for schedules to come together when you're trying to get football, basketball, volleyball all scheduled with considerations to not only those, but maybe other facility conflicts as well? It's been a challenge. Um, you know, I think we have our, our conference schedules uh, finalized now, um, but e each one is individually. Now, collectively, we're putting all of those together and, and looking at where our overlaps are. And so, as you can imagine, we get into the schedule, the first couple, you know, January, you know, you kind of get through January, but once we get into February, um, now all of a sudden we're going to introduce volleyball, we're going to introduce uh, football, we're going to introduce soccer. And um, as we go through some of these schedules right now, we have several weekends where uh, football on a weekend, we might have a couple basketball games, a couple volleyball matches, might be throwing a soccer one in there too. So we're trying to put all those pieces together to determine do any of those games have to slide up or back a day? Um, and then game times for everything, how that all plays into it. So I think we got, uh, you know, a couple more days to, to try to solidify a lot of that stuff. But if we're going to have to move a game at all, one reason or another, because of the facility conflict, well, now that's also working through the, the league office and, and one of the team that's supposed to be coming here. Uh, our basketball season, our schedule is going to be no doubt different because we will play uh, one team. Friday night and, and, and then again on Saturday night, same team, double headers. So in essence, what that means with the basketball schedule, you have four home weekends of basketball. Um, and that's going to be very similar uh, with the uh, volleyball schedule. You play consecutive days um, and the way it splits up, it's you're going to have four home weekends of volleyball. And, you know, soccer is going to be kind of in that same boat as well. And again, soccer, I mean, this is going to be unusual with soccer, but, we're going to play two games at each location um, over the course of a weekend. So very similar there. We're going to have four home weekends of volleyball, uh, of soccer, and then four away weekends of soccer. So when all of that starts to fall on the same weekend, and if you throw in football there, it will. we're trying to <laughs> pull all the pieces together to find out, one, hey, how can we do it? Um, how many weekends do we have where we have more than two event, you know, two sports on a home weekend? And then are there, does it necessitate any type of movement of days of games in that process? So, um, though I don't think it shouldn't take much longer. To, we've already identified most of those areas. Now we work through the league office and the other teams to determine, um, is there a need to actually move a game up a day or back a day? Sure. Well, I know it takes a, a lot of people involved in that, a lot of moving parts, and I know fans are eager to uh, see those schedules whenever they become available. Let's get to our Ask the AD segment. Fans have a chance to submit questions on South Dakota social media pages on Facebook and Twitter. You can also email questions to yotecast at USD. Edu. All right, well, talking about schedules, let's start with this one. I don't know if this is for this year or for uh, any year, but can we get USD and SDSU basketball games scheduled in Sioux Falls? Well, if during the regular season, I think neither neither one 
would want to lose a home game to the other to put it on a neutral site. Uh, so that could be a challenge. Though I, I would say this year um, could be different in a sense that it, it, there's a possibility of there could be a possibility of it in a, in a non-conference type of way. Um, but we're just what we're realizing is in our conversations with North Dakota, North Dakota State, and South Dakota State, we're all struggling to find games. So we've had some conversations about um, does what what, what would it what would need to exist for us to have something up in Sioux Falls? Is it together? Is it separate? Whatever. So um, during, I, I will say this during the regular season, I don't see it happening um, just because nobody wants to lose a, a home game uh, against their, their rival. Um, it would have to be a, uh, almost like a non-conference tournament type format or setup. Sure. Well, uh, we always get those uh, type of things in the Summit League tournament and love when uh, we get those kind of atmospheres, uh, certainly for uh, that tournament. How about this one? When will USD get a men's soccer program? When will USD get a men's soccer program? Um, I have not given it a much. Well, I, I, we have thought about it and talked about it right now. Um, I would say it does not fit within our five-year budget forecast. Um, I think our current sport offerings um, are meeting. Uh, we're complying with Title IX and, and our gender equity plan that we've got in place. Um, our struggle a little bit on adding men's sports right now is trying to maintain our compliance with gender equity and Title IX when we're on a campus that is 63% female and 37% male. And our roster, scholarship, and budgets have to stay within about 3% of those numbers. And so, and especially when you have football, that makes it problematic to just simply add men's sports. Uh, so uh, while it's something that we've discussed, I don't see it happening anytime soon. We'll say that. And I guess I, I, I'm quick to say never say never, but I'm not sure what can change that would then in essence be able to make us uh, or allow us to do something like that. Cause we've had that quite, and that's a good question, right? We've also had the question, why don't you have baseball? Um, or why don't you have, you know, this sport or that, that sport. And you know, right now we're at 18 sports and um, that's, I think the average FCS program is right around that 17 sport mark. And so we're a little bit above that. You're, you know, you're seeing right now, and, and, and this might be something down the line in college athletics in general, that schools are starting to drop sports. Um, I've seen more sports drop this year, uh, most of it due to COVID than I've ever seen. Um, and it, it'd be interesting once we get through this calendar year and maybe in, even into the spring on where people are, to really count up all the schools and the number of programs that have been cut right now and how many years, how, how far do we have to go back to equal the number of sports that have been cut in this one year? Um, it's, it's a challenging time. So nobody's really looking at adding sports right now. No doubt. Challenging time for a lot. All right, let's end with this one. What's your go-to lunch spot in Vermilion? Oh boy. Okay. Now, Right off the bat, my, my first my first thing I was gonna I would say the pub. Their little Cajun griller with the Cajun griller with tater tots, that's a good one. Um, but it kind of depends on what kind of mood, right? If I go to Mexico Viejo, I got to have the California burrito. Um, well, when Silk Road was open for uh, normal hours, uh, you can't beat their buff their their buffet. But you better not have anything scheduled after that. Um, because you're going to be full. Uh, that's what I found there. Um, 
I do like there's if I go to Bunyan's, what I like there is they're either pig wing burger or their walleye basket. But again, either one, don't have anything right afterwards because it's a lot of food. Um, you know, so and then uh, I'm a sucker for if I go to um, God uh, Cafe Boulet and I have their uh, uh, five star mac and cheese, mm-hmm. throw a little chicken and some bacon in there. It sounds like I eat out a lot, doesn't it? Um, but, you know, or you go to like Old Lover Company if you're in the mood for wings and you get the, you know, you have to make sure because they have some stuff there that they say are really, really hot wings. Eh, you might need to bring your own hot sauce. Not to say they're not hot, but if you want hot, you need something to melt your lips a little bit. So uh, you have to ask for that sauce uh, special. But um, I, you know, I figured that's a, that's a kind of a loaded question because whichever one I say is my favorite, my go-to Um Everybody else that sees me in their spot for lunch is going to say, hey, how come every time you come to Subway, you order the the double, was it the double chicken breast and salad? I'm like, well, God dang it, I forgot about that one. <laughs> you know? Um, There's so many options. So, there are, there are. So, um, but again, I, I, the first one, when you said that, the first one I thought about was the pub, and, the, and my favorite is the Cajun chicken griller with tater tots. Yeah, well, solid stuff. You're going to get a lot of lunch <laughs> invites to try what uh, whatever wasn't mentioned here. You know that. So uh, good stuff. And whoever uh, listening to this, I'm sure, is getting hungry by the uh, by the minute and by the mention. So uh, we'll see how that uh, how that well, goes. Well, I'm glad that we, you asked me that question after lunch. Yeah. <laughs> and not before lunch. <laughs> Very good. That's fun. Uh, David, great stuff. Thanks so much for the time, as always. I know it's a, it's a busy time. We look forward to continuing to see uh, stuff develop as we get closer to seasons, but uh, greatly appreciate your time. Uh, thanks, John. Appreciate you, man. He's David Herbster, the athletic director at the University of South Dakota. For the past decade, there's only been one place to watch your favorite coaches, players, and teams. That place is Midco Sports Network, celebrating 10 years of sports this season. Well, in this week's episode, we get a chance to catch up with the head volleyball coach at the University of South Dakota, Leanne Williamson. Leanne, it's it's great to talk to you. How are you and your family holding up during these uncertain times? I mean, we are we are doing well, taking it day by day. My kids are in school and I couldn't be happier and um, I don't think I could be happier for them to be in school, um, it, not just because I think it's a lot easier for them, but I do think that it, it's fun to see them learn so much right now. Um, and in a time where we didn't know if they were going to be able to go to school, um, it's been pretty cool to see. But other than that, enjoying it, enjoying being back in the gym. And I'm sure my family is happy I'm back in the gym, too. I'm probably a little bit happier at home as well. well I, I bet your team is really <laughs> happy to be back in the gym, too, after having some time off. And anybody who's followed along on social media, they've seen pictures of the team practicing, and you can see the team wearing masks and coaches. How have they adjusted to the added accessory? Uh, I mean, I think they've done a pretty good job with it. You know, I I think just like us, you know, as coaches, it was really hard to begin with of just, it's just different, you know, trying to, you know, get your voice to carry, you know, with a mask on you and, you know, um, you know, things that you might normally say that they, that, you know, they can read your lips and they can't right now. So, I mean, it's, it's been an adjustment, but I think for them, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of allowing us to be able to play. Um, and I think in that situation, you know, they feel, they feel confident with the fact that this is going to help us, that this is going to allow us to have, um, you know, the opportunity to be in the gym and practicing and the opportunity to hopefully play that season in the spring like we're planning on. Um, you know, I think they're all in with that. 
is it something the the mass thing is that something that's feasible for competition if that's what it takes to play in the spring it is feasible uh everybody's handled it a little bit differently you know there's obviously a few conferences playing this fall and some of them some teams wear masks and some teams don't uh i think it's been kind of more of an institutional or you know individual team decision um you know there's a lot of high schools around the area that are playing with masks on and the one thing they keep telling me is just you you actually do get used to it you know it's just um you know i think it's a little bit tougher i think it takes away i don't want to say it takes away from the game but it just makes the game a little bit different you know but um you know at the same time you know like i said before the practice portion of it if that's what we need to do uh you know to be able to have a season and to be able to compete at a high level um we're going to do whatever that takes you know, this is something that uh, I, I certainly wouldn't be smart enough or capable enough to do, but I'm curious with the, uh, you know, with, with USD being an Adidas school and that kind of thing, do they come out with special kind of, of masks or has anybody developed something like that that makes it uh, breathable but still safe for athletes or is it just uh, kind of what you would normally see everyone else wearing? Yeah, I, I think, again, it's a little bit of a personal preference. I mean, Adidas does have masks. Our, all of our team has um, the Adidas masks that we were able to get for them. Some of them um, wear that, you know, two practices. Some of them don't. Uh, you know, I think it's a little bit of an individual preference. But, um, you know, I, I'm sure that there are some that, some that are easier than others. Um, you know, I think some teams choose to just wear, you know, personal preference of what they enjoy. And then some teams, um, you know, maybe have it mandated. But, um, you know, again, I think so much of it is just getting used to it. You know, it, it's just it's different. It's a different uh, you know, recovery at times, you know, going from, you know, breathing really hard, maybe through a hard rally, you know, what does that look like trying to catch your breath? You know, is that, um, and, and I think it's just at some point in time, like anything else, it probably becomes a little bit more natural for you. I mean, I know for me, it has, there's been days I've, you know, worn my mask way longer than I needed to, you know, cause I just kind of forgot it was on, you know? So, um, I think, I think it's probably like anything else and just and you got to get used to it. For a period of time, uh, you, a lot like uh, other coaches in sports, you weren't really allowed to do practices as we kind of waited for guidance and some of that. What was the team's response when you were finally able to get back together? I mean, they were happy. Uh, Actually, I think it was about three days prior to that news coming out. Um, You know, I happened to walk by and they were all just getting ready to to do an open gym and I walked in the court in the gym and I was just just to say hi and see how see how everybody was doing and um you know it just wasn't that we didn't have that opportunity to actually see him in person very often and I walked in and I was I, I mean smiling from ear to ear which um obviously they couldn't see my smile but I smile with my eyes as well so they could tell um and they actually thought I was coming in to tell them that we were able to practice that day unfortunately that wasn't the news but it was just a few days later that we were able to um and I think it was just a a little bit of that, you know, sigh of relief, you know, that things could get started again, that things could get back a little bit more towards normal again. Um, but our team has done such a great job of really committing to uh, taking advantage of every single day. You know, we just like everything, you know, we everyone keeps saying COVID is a fluid situation. It absolutely is. And we never know when that last day is going to come. So, um, you know, our team has done a really good job of just tackling every day, taking advantage of every day. Um, and, you know, allowing them uh, to uh, allowing us to help them get better as individuals, which is ultimately going to help us get better as a team as well. Um, but a lot of excitement, you know, I'm sure for a while they were fatigued, too. They were tired, um, you know, going from not doing that um, at that level, you know, every single day to, 
you know, kind of getting into it and getting back into the weight room and really pushing them there as well to help their, um, their conditioning. And then, you know, just overall strength, which is really important right now. Um, I know that was hard, uh, but they've done, they've done a great job of, you know, taking it day by day and, and really understanding the importance of, you know, all of this right now in order to get us to where we want to be in the future. So as your team works to continue to get better, what has been the focus during practices for this team? You know, really, our, our focus has been on individual development, you know, whether it's, you know, on the defensive end or the offensive end of really taking it to each person and figuring out kind of what they need as an individual to get better. And, you know, we're really treating this fall season like our normal spring season, you know, when you're not playing matches. Um, that count towards your record where we can really, you know, kind of dig deep. You can backtrack a little bit um, and really kind of fix some of those habits that maybe people have that aren't necessarily helping them move forward. So um, that's been one of our biggest focuses is just continuing to focus on that individual development. And I do think that's hard sometimes because things don't always look as clean as you would like it to be when, um, when we are playing six on six. And I mean, when I say that, I'm really talking about from the players. So I think as coaches, we understand what that looks like and kind of that, that process that it takes to get back to where they want to be as a team. But um, getting better as individuals right now is, is so important for us. And I think starting to figure out, you know, what are the things that we are better at and what are the things that maybe we have some weaknesses in and um, how do we go about fixing those things? And um, it, it's been fun to see the growth already. I mean, I, I just feel like just from, you know, a couple of weeks ago till now, it, it's, it's incredible how many changes some of them have made and, just how much cleaner the game can look when we do scrimmage. So, um, you know, I, I think that, like I said, that individual focus is huge, but I think at the same time while doing that as coaches, we're constantly evaluating, you know, what other things can we start adding in? You know, how do we, um, you know, how do we teach the game still, even though we're thinking about that individual development? There are always new faces to the program every year. Uh, and when you look at some of these younger players and new faces, what do you like about what they bring to, to this team and uh, the players who hope they can make an impact? Yeah, I mean, they bring they bring depth. Um, they bring kind of an excitement for the game. You know, this is a class that, you know, had their senior years cut short. Um, you know, whether it was their club seasons, you know, whether it was summer for them, you know, whether it was a – um, you know, really not being able to finish up school and missing graduation and prom. And um, so I think we've got a group of uh, a group of players right now that um, in that freshman class that one are, are want to be here so badly and want to get better and play the game that they just didn't have for a while. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, you know, I, I think the other part of it is just just from that reminder of just how important the team chemistry is. And, um, you know, I think this group is, is going to make an impact in their time here. Um, but they also missed out on a lot of opportunities to uh, get to know the team and, you know, form some of those relationships, you know, starting all the way back into summer. So um, I think this team just is that reminder, this group, sorry, this freshman group is a reminder that we, um, that that individual development skill-wise is obviously important, but so is the team chemistry, so is building relationships. And I think they've done a really good job of, you know, kind of inserting themselves into those situations and, and helping out and, um, you know, I think challenging the norm in some ways. So, um, but I, I think this, this class is going to be fun. I think people are going to enjoy watching them. Um, you know, we've got a couple that, you know, play with a lot of energy, but I think more than anything, it's that depth portion, which is something that we've had, 
you know, so much in the past, you know, a couple of years that we needed to make sure that we continue to have in the future. And, and they help us with that for sure. Fans are eager for a schedule. I'm sure your players are eager for a schedule so they could start uh, figuring out what their lives are going to look like uh, in the spring and in a few months. Uh, but there's no schedule released at the moment. Is there much worry about that right now or are you just able to focus on team needs? No, I mean, I, you know, I, I understand, you know, everybody wants a, a schedule and wants to be able to see what it looks like. And I think, you know, even our team would love that. But, um, you know, so much of it right now, I'll keep reiterating it. It's just that we are really trying to focus on us. And I don't know when that schedule is going to be fully released. So I, you know, trying not to get too worked up about it. Um, you know, I've got an idea of kind of what the summer league schedule is going to be, but that's not released yet. And, you know, still working to see if we can get some non-conference games and put together some more, um, you know, different opportunities there. But uh, unfortunately, in the in the time of COVID, as you know, we've talked about already today and how I'm sure people have heard multiple times that the unknown is definitely there still. And the unknown is causing some delays, I would say, in some of our scheduling um, decisions. And um, that's a part of this. So, you know, I think early on, if you would have asked me that question back in June, you know, about our schedule being released, I was really worked up about it, you know, just frustrated that we couldn't get that kind of figured out or released or even just nailed down. Um, but I think it just goes to show that over time, you not that you get used to it, but I think you got to control what you can. And this is just something that um, you know, isn't in our control right now. So we're going to control ourselves. We're going to control what we do in the gym and um, until we are able to, to fully see that schedule out in front of us. But I'm hopeful that we'll be able to get it out, you know, obviously sooner rather than later. Um, but I think people are going to enjoy at least, you know, again, watching this team play, whether it's non-conference, whether it's conference, home and away, people are going to have those opportunities in different ways. It might look differently, but um, I, I think people are going to enjoy watching this team again. Well, as soon as that schedule comes out, I know fans will be excited to see this team back on the floor uh, very, very soon. Leanne, great stuff. Thanks so much for the time, as always. Thank you. My thanks to Leanne Williamson for joining the show, the head volleyball coach at the University of South Dakota. Well, one area that we uh, see on the field physically, fields, courts, and everything else physically from the athletes, and their shape is from strength and conditioning. It certainly They've been provided some challenges with the pandemic on how their how their uh, workout plans come together. Had a chance to catch up with Cleet McLeod. He's the head strength and conditioning coach at USD and talk to him about how all of these changes and how his staff has been affected by the pandemic. Coach McLeod, how are you and your staff holding up during this constantly changing time period that we've been in the last several months? <laughs> how are we holding up? That is a good question. Um, you know what? Actually, the guys and the girls, the ladies, the uh, the athletes, the athletes are are keeping us going, man. They're keeping us excited and motivated by their the way they've been handling all of this, the way they've been pushing one another. Um, I'll be honest with you. I think just like everybody else, we're we're probably nearing the end of our rope. We feel tired and exhausted but every day we come in here these athletes come in and they're ready to get after it and that's just uh that's motivating that motivates us do you think some of that is because some of these athletes have uh taken more time off from their particular sport probably than they have since they were very very young uh do you think it kind of energized them in a way i don't i don't know if energize them is the right word but it certainly is has uh 
has brought a lot of focus in these these folks want to compete they didn't they didn't come here for you know they came here for academics they came here to get a degree but they they're you know sports are very important to them so i think that it's it's kind of focused their resolve i know that we you know we go through some ups and downs and everybody has a bad day every once in a while but the fact is that these these folks want to compete they want to they want to do what they do and uh so it's it's probably sharpened their resolve a little bit you know, you and I've talked before, and if I understood correctly, you basically set up training programs for the athletes in different sports. It's kind of a year-long thing, and the idea is that they hit their peak performance during the season. And now with the adjustments of fall schedules and sports being moved to the spring, how have training programs had to be adjusted to try to uh, offset that and, and still get that peak performance when when they're in season now in the spring? John, I, you know, everything has been, every team is probably a little bit different in how we've had to manage that. Um, you know, football, for example, we had to get them revved up and ready to go as quickly as we could. And then all of a sudden we shifted. We went from being ultimately prepared to play football to, hey, well, now we're, we're back into like a winter type approach to training. And now we're in spring ball in, you know, it's October. So it has been, uh, there's been a lot of pivoting, but we, we work within a system that I'm very proud of, um, how we train. So you really just, the guys understand it and they appreciate what they're going through. They know what to look for. We try to really explain everything very well to them so that they understand and appreciate why we're doing the things that we're doing. Um, so that it is, uh, it is, it's been create a creative <laughs> it has been a creative uh, event for my staff and myself, um, but I think that that having a system set up the way that we do makes it ultimately very able to handle things that get thrown at it. Um, we look at like women's basketball; they've been able to they they've been more on a steady uh, they've been on a, more on a steady climb um, like they normally would. So it is uh, it has been uh, it has been an experience for sure. It's, they always say, or I've always said it, you know, it's an experience that I, I wouldn't take away for a million dollars, but I wouldn't do it again for two. <laughs> I think a lot of people are in that boat. You couldn't pay us enough to go through uh, what we have. So you talk about, you know, ramping these guys up, getting them ready. Like we're talking football now, and then kind of going back to almost a winter type of workouts. What's that do to their bodies? How do they adjust? How, how do their bodies handle that uh, almost confusion, if you will? That is a that is a really good question because what we're talking about is manipulating the volumes of training and even to some extent the uh, the stuff that they're doing to go from peaking out for football season to go immediately into winter a winter training block. Um, they unbelievable resolve on the part of of the football team um it is uh it is it is probably more stressful psychologically than it is um physically because you know we put we 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 monitor and manage that stuff the loads very very closely um so you throw them a curveball like that 
and and change and just go straight back to something the the body is capable of handling it just fine but psychologically you a lot of times you got to prepare yourself for that guys are usually coming back from christmas break and they've got a they have a chance to kind of get their mind ready for winter training we we like started winter training day after we just we found out we weren't going to be playing football so it is uh it's it's uh it's again it's a testament to the resolve of the athletes and i think everybody is everybody understands and they know um so it's on a positive note it's like nobody's nobody was nursing any any boo-boos or anything like that from playing from banging into one another so we're talking about now adjusting their bodies adjusting and, and getting into that winter recovery or winter workout mode and then in the spring, they'll ramp up and they'll be where they should have been in the fall because we're into the season. And some of the concern for a spring football season has been the recovery of these athletes into a, a fall, which will be a very, very short time and, and far shorter than they're ever uh, used to doing with just a, a couple of months. So how much, I, I guess, time off do you need to give them and still be able to get their bodies up at the right time? And how much, I guess, thought at this point has gone into how you'll handle that transition between the spring and the fall? Uh, that is the million-dollar question. John, I am going to end up earning my money in after this, during the spring and after the spring because that's a – and believe me, I've been thinking about it since the minute we, we moved everything to the spring. It is a – it is an alarming, alarming uh, concept. It is for me as a strength and conditioning coach. It is a frightening thing because the turnaround is so fast. The ability to to um, manage uh, both the stress that was put on the guys when they were they're playing football, and then recovering, um, trying to keep them moving in a good direction, trying to get them the doses of of work that they need to help them continue to move forward. Um, that is going to be. Uh, that is going to be a very interesting puzzle. And uh, to be honest with you, I wish I, I could tell you that I have all the answers. I'm not done with that game yet. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm focusing on what we're, you know, we're in a kind of a spring ball format right now. I'm handling that how we will. I'm excited about um, prepping them for a season in the spring. Um, and then, but we all, we always have a, an eye on what's on the other side of that. Uh, there's going to have to be some new things occur. There's going to have to be some new approaches, some different strategies and we also have to see how they tolerate the season itself some guys i'm i'm very 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 after being here this is my third year um after being here three years and i'll be going into my fourth i'm very 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 pleased with where the guys are at physically and i think that um i think that they're 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 actually going to be able to handle this uh, better than a lot of teams and that's where I was going to go next physically. And I know you and I have talked at different times over the last few years, and you've always said, just give me a little time. We'll get this team, uh, you know, in that, in that physical shape that they need to be consistently. How much has this team changed when you look at them? Uh, and I know they had really good winter workouts. You and I have talked about that. Um, but how much has this team changed physically since the end of last season? Uh, well, we had a great winter. Um, it was, it was, uh, I'm always, I always say a, a strength and conditioning program, a solid strength and conditioning program takes about three years to get in place. Um, we, before COVID hit, we really, uh, we were really 
I was very, very, very excited about what was happening and, and the way guys were looking and how they were responding to the training, their competency for the movements, then their most importantly, their ability to transition uh, their their weight room um, strength into expressing that out on the football field. It was really, really pretty exciting. Now, it got a little confusing there <laughs> during March and April and May, but uh, but I think we were able to pull out of that. Guys stayed very, very on top of their stuff while they were away, um, and I, I feel very, very, very good about um, where they're at physically and um, how they'll be able to manage this season. So it's, a, I guess, a long, long talk to a short – to honestly a short answer. Um, physically, I think we're in a very good place. Um, all of that's great. If they're bigger and stronger, that's beautiful. But we also want to make sure that they're out on the football field playing instead of on the sidelines. Um, and they're 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 in a very good place in terms of that as well. What have the adjustments been like in the in the weight room and training facilities since athletes came back to campus with the pandemic and for uh, at least a certain period of time? And I don't know where you're at with it right now, but for a while at least there were limited number of people that were probably allowed to be in the space and still trying to social distance. How has that adjusted in the weight room? Uh, you know what? I, I would love this. The only thing that's really changed very much is our day got a little bit longer. The fact is that this room was, if, if I were to sit down and design a room that was, that could manage this um, pandemic, this is exactly the room that would have been built because it's so, it's so, uh, you've heard me talk about it. Like within about a five yard halo, you have everything in the room that you need to be able to do your training. And that, that all sounds pretty cool, and that sounds great to recruits because it's efficient. But whenever you get into a situation where we have to to socially distance, um, being able to have all of your stuff at one station means that you're not intermingling very much with other athletes. So we get in here, we're able to do our work, we're able to do our work at a high level without too much distraction, without too much um, inconvenience. They come in and they do very, very, very similar things to what they were doing before. Um, and they're in a comfortable thing. We, had, we didn't have to throw too much at them. That was different. Now they clean their own stations whenever they come in and they clean their stations whenever they leave. That's, that's something I'll do for the rest of my career. I'm like, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, it, it keeps everything. Um, everything's wiped down. We don't have to worry about other, uh, infecting with other things. Um, so, you know, there's there's been some positives that have come out of this as well. How's your staff handled this whole thing? I know you got some uh, great people working with you, and they're they're adjusting on the fly as well. How have they handled uh, th this whole pandemic? And just keep pressing forward to make sure that uh, the athletes at, at USD are in the physical shape that they need to be to to uh, continue to build for championships. Brother, I don't have I don't have great people working for me. I have amazing people working for me. They are. Uh, they're just the staff here. The strength and conditioning staff is uh, is top of the line. Um, they care about their athletes. They've got our athletes all focused and driven in the right direction. And like like I said in the intro, the athletes are pushing, are keeping us going because this is it's it's tough. This is tough on everybody. There's not anybody that I talk to that isn't struggling a little bit with this pandemic. But when you come in here every day and you see these athletes getting after it, doing and just being such models of, of, uh, 
of excellence, it just it makes it it makes it a whole lot easier to swallow those other pills that are going on. Well, no doubt about it. Well, Cleet, uh, great stuff. Appreciate the uh, conversation as always, and uh, keep after it. I know it's it's been a challenge and will continue to be a challenge, but we look forward to seeing you know football and, and really all sports returning as soon as possible. I know a lot of fans will be excited to see uh, what your staff has done with the athletes to, to continue to uh, build excellence at USD. Yeah, right on, brother. Go Yotes. That is going to wrap it up for us this week on Yotecast. My thanks to David Herbster, Leanne Williamson, and Cleet McLeod all joining us here on the uh, on the podcast this week and, and for the great conversations. We always appreciate that. If you have any thoughts of stories or students or staff or anybody you'd like featured on Yotecast that you'd like to hear from, let us know by emailing yotecast at usd.edu. That's it for this week. Remember, you can always download our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Download and subscribe today, or you can visit goyotes.com slash yotecast. I'm John Thayer. Thanks so much for your time. And until next time, stay safe and go Yotes. Thanks for listening to Yotecast, the official podcast of the University of South Dakota Athletics. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Coyote Sports Network. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.